Welcome to Prologues. My name is Mary, and when I get overwhelmed and start feeling behind, I find it helpful to zoom out and remind myself that I am still in the beginning of my story. I'm sharing all of my life's chapters, mental health, relationships, wellness, beauty, the chaos of being in my 20s, and all of life's unexpected turns. Prologues is the best way to start your week, so join me every Monday morning for a new entry into my digital journal. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Prologues. Today's episode was inspired by an experience I had earlier this week. I was recording and editing an empties video for my YouTube. It's not up yet, but an empties video for YouTube. And just out of curiosity, I went back and looked at the empties video that I posted in March of this year. And I look really different right now than I looked back then. My hair was a lot longer. It was bleached. I was tan. And I got really down on myself. And I was just comparing me right now to me in March. And I was like, I need to bleach my hair again because I feel so much more confident in myself in the March video. And that's the biggest difference. I like, I need to bleach my hair again. So I was talking about it with Matt and I put it on my Instagram story, a little side by side of the two videos. And Matt was like, actually, all you want is a tan. You never talk like this when you feel tanned, you feel pale. And that's why you're spiraling about your looks. And I felt really called out by that. But last night, I fake tanned. I put oil in my hair. Today I did like hot girl makeup. And what do you know? I'm feeling 10 times better about myself. And it got me thinking about this idea of the fall and winter uglies. I have seen that term all over my TikTok for you page this year. And at first I wasn't really sure what people meant. Because as you guys know, fall and winter are my favorite seasons. And I tend to just feel my best in those seasons. So I was like, fall and winter uglies, what is that? But yesterday I realized, you know what? In the wintertime, I don't necessarily feel ugly, but I don't love the way I look when I don't have a summer tan because I have an olive complexion. And so when I'm pale, I don't look pale. I just look green. I feel like my green undertones really shine through and I just don't look healthy. So in the summertime, when I have a little bit of a tan going or when I'm fake tanning, I just feel better. And it got me thinking about the fall and winter uglies. And that is what today's episode is all about. We're going to be talking about beauty, fashion, and wellness slash internal routines to maximize your confidence and your look this fall and winter. And we're beating the fall and winter uglies. If you're thinking to yourself, okay, this is just going to be a list of product recommendations that I don't need, it's not. These are routine recommendations and my tips that I use every single fall and winter to feel my best and just feel confident. I'm a big believer in you look good, you feel good, and vice versa. When you're doing well on the inside, it translates through and you just look like you're glowing and that internal happiness comes out. I think beauty and being an attractive, magnetic person has a lot of layers to it. And this is a perfect time to work on those layers because a lot of people need a little bit of a confidence boost this time of year, myself included, even though I love this time of year. Because honestly, guys, the difference I feel in myself today with a fake tan and with my makeup done a little differently versus the confidence I did not feel yesterday, mind-blowing. So that's what we're going to get into. Before I get started, I wanted to do a couple little life updates. Mainly, I just wanted to thank everyone who bought a piece of merchandise from the launch last week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I launched two crewnecks as the first ever installment of Prologues merchandise. And I was completely obsessed with them. I've been working on it for months. I was so excited to share it with you guys. The designs of the crewnecks were so beautiful. And 
I was nervous, but very excited. One of the crewnecks sold out in nine minutes. The forest green hibernation crewneck sold out in nine minutes. And then the white, actually, I do have time crewneck sold out in the first hour. I was just blown away. I was sitting in shock in front of my laptop watching the orders come in, just feeling so grateful to all of you for listening to the podcast and for joining me in this community. I really feel like we're building this community together. And I feel like the Prologues listeners, out of every single member of my audience online, every single person I'm grateful for, every single platform, every single person who follows me, I'm so grateful for them. But the Prologues listeners... I think are special to me because I feel like you guys really get me. We talk about everything I love and everything that's important to me on this podcast. And I truly just feel so much community here. I just wanted to thank every single person who participated in the launch and bought a crew neck. You guys are starting to get them now. I'm seeing a bunch of delivered notifications come up through the back end of the website. I can't wait to see all of you wearing them. And if you were not able to get your hands on a crew neck, don't worry, we're restocking. I'm planning a restock that's going to happen before the Christmas season. So it would be a great little gift to yourself or a gift to a Prologues listener in your life, feel free to send the website to your partner or your mom or your friends. So that will be coming. Stay tuned and check my Instagram, mary.cj.skinner if you want to see more live time updates on when the restock is going to be happening. But yeah, I just wanted to thank you guys. I couldn't be more grateful. I couldn't be more excited. And Matt and I are going to dinner tonight to celebrate how the launch went, which I'm also really excited about because... I was speaking to my therapist today about how I just don't celebrate things. And when I do something that I should feel proud of, instead of feeling proud, I just start thinking about the next thing. And I'm trying to not do that. I just want to savor the stage of life that I'm in right now. And I want to celebrate myself. And I never do. So many things, milestones in my life, milestones in my career, I have not really acknowledged or celebrated because I haven't felt like I deserve to, or I just have felt like I need to look to the next thing. But I'm going to dinner tonight with Matt and we're going to celebrate and I'm really excited. It's also our first date night since before we brought Fergus home. So that's kind of a big deal. Fergie is doing so well, you guys. He's in obedience classes. He goes to weekly socialization hours at a local obedience school. And he just graduated from the puppy class to the adolescent class. And it was so cute. He's growing so fast. He's like 35 pounds now. He's four months. He's doing really well with his training. He knows sit, paw, lay down, stay, come, and spin, which I feel like is pretty good for a four-month-old. He's probably not the most well-trained four-month-old ever. I need to figure out what trick to teach him next. Let me know what trick would be cute. I want to teach him how to play dead, but that one has been a little bit challenging so far. But yeah, Fergie's doing really well. So we're going to go on our first date night. I'm so excited. I also just want to dress up. Like I want to look cute. Ever since I got sick at the end of October, I literally have barely left my house for the last three weeks because it took me so long to recover from being sick. And I just haven't been dressing up and I haven't been looking cute. I haven't been making get ready with me's. It's just not been good. So I'm excited for tonight. 
I also wanted to share a little book haul that I got yesterday. This was actually my reward to myself for being a brave girl at the dentist yesterday morning because I'm 25 and I still hate the dentist and I'm still so afraid of the dentist. And I had to get this filling. I accidentally saw the needle that I got the numbing injection through and it was huge. I don't even mind needles that much, but I was like so anxious. I put on noise canceling headphones and that helped a little bit throughout the filling, but I just... I needed a little treat after I left the dentist office and I had a Barnes and Noble gift card. So I headed on over and I wanted to share this book haul because I really haven't been reading very much lately. Nothing has been exciting me. I have started and then abandoned like three books in the last couple of weeks. Nothing has been sparking my interest. I don't know what it is. I haven't been feeling interested or inspired in anything, but I went to Barnes & Noble yesterday and I picked out a couple of books. I wanted to share them. I want to hold myself accountable because I need to start reading more. And I want to share book recommendations with you guys. I know a lot of you guys love that part of the podcast. So the first one I got was Richard Osman's The Last Devil to Die, which is the fourth installment of the Thursday Murder Club series. I have talked about the Thursday Murder Club on so many of my platforms. I just love it. It's this book series about murder mysteries that are solved by an eccentric ensemble of British retirees who live in this luxury assisted living community in England. There are four main characters, four people in this eccentric cast. They are so funny. The dialogue in the book is hilarious. The sense of humor in the book is just, I just love it. I resonate with it so much. And they are quirky, delightful books. There is heart. They make me laugh. A couple of them have made me cry. They provide quality entertainment and they tug on the heartstrings a little bit. I just love this series. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's easy to read. So this is the fourth book. It came out last month. And that is the first book I got. I also bought... If you're watching this on YouTube right now, I'm showing the books to the screen. I bought Heather Fawcett's Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies. This is a book that I bought exclusively because I liked the color. Because it has these whimsical looking mushrooms and vines growing out of an open book on the cover. I don't know anything about it, but it said Encyclopedia of Fairies and they spelled Encyclopedia the British way. So I was like, oh, and they spelled fairies the British way too. I was like, oh, it's probably good. And on the back, it said whimsical. It said mythography, storytelling, enchanted academia, grumpy romance. I'm just like pulling random words and phrases from the reviews on the back. Every single thing about that sounds like something I would like and the cover was cute. So I got that. I also got Catherine Newman's We All Want Impossible Things, which it says it's a novel, but it's very short. It looks more like a novella to me. And it's a story of two best friends and one of them dies. And then it's a tale about grief. I thought this would be good because I've been reading a lot of fantasy lately or just a lot of really lighthearted books, which there's nothing wrong with. Like I think primarily you should read for your own entertainment, whatever that looks like. I'm never going to judge anybody for the types of books that they enjoy. Except I do judge people who think Colleen Hoover is the best author they've ever read. I, I do judge that a little bit. Listen, read Colleen Hoover if you want to. I don't care. But sometimes I see TikToks that are like, Colleen Hoover is this generation's best writer. And I'm like, well... That's a stretch. Anyway, you should read whatever you enjoy. Your entertainment enjoyment comes first. But I've just been reading a lot of super lighthearted, lots of fantasy things lately. I wanted something that had a little bit more depth and a little bit more substance. So I'm excited about that. We all want impossible things. 
And then on the complete opposite track, I do have a fantasy book because I walked in Barnes and Noble and I saw that Christopher Pellini has released a book called Murtog. If you don't know who Christopher Pellini is, he wrote the Aragon series, which was one of my favorite book series ever as a little kid, ever. The Aragon series, it's about like dragons and dragon writers. It's very reminiscent to Lord of the Rings. I think the author was heavily, heavily, heavily inspired by Lord of the Rings. Phenomenal series. They really hold up even as an adult. And one of the supporting characters in the book is named Murtog. And apparently the author has released an entire book about him. And the cover, it looks exactly the same as the covers to the Aragon series, like same themes, same style of art. When I saw it, my childhood heart screamed. So I bought this one and I need to text a picture of it to my older sister to make sure she's seen that this has come out because she was also a huge Aragon fan when we were kids. So everything I just said about wanting a book that wasn't fantasy or wasn't lighthearted... That's true, but then I also did get a fantasy book. So that's my little book haul. I also got a candle from Barnes & Noble. It's called Enemies to Lovers, and it's in my candle warmer right now. And it smells identical to that 540 fragrance. I don't want to say the name because I know I'm not going to be able to say it correctly, but you know what I'm talking about. It's the gold bottle with the red label and it's the 540 fragrance. It's like really expensive. I know I'm not going to be able to pronounce the name. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't want to embarrass myself by saying it wrong, but it smells exactly like that candle. Phenomenal. So that's my book haul. And then I wanted to give a podcast recommendation. So Gracie Norton, who is the sweetest person, just launched a podcast called Wellness Her Way, and she launched it last Monday. There's two episodes out, but I think she releases them on Monday. So there's probably three episodes out at this point. And I love Gracie. She's so sweet. I resonate with her health and wellness journey so much. I don't have PCOS, but her journey into wellness and more holistic nutrition and healing your body from the inside out is something I completely relate to. I love her content. She's so nice. And I was excited to see that she released a podcast. So it's going to become one of my weekly faves. I can just feel it. Like I loved the first two episodes. So I would recommend that to anyone who's looking for a new podcast and anyone who loves the wellness space. All right, that's everything I have for you before we get into the main body of this episode, which I'm excited about because I love the fun episodes. I like talking about deep things with you guys. I love sharing my journey and my story. I love getting vulnerable, but I also just love a girly little chat. Let's talk makeup, beauty, fashion. Let's just enjoy ourselves right now, okay? I have got a pink lady apple kombucha. I've got a big water. I've got a candle going. I'm in an outfit I feel cute in. I love my makeup today. The vibes are really good right now. So let's get into it. We're going to do beauty, fashion, and wellness slash internal. Like I said, I'm going to do beauty first because I have the most tips and recommendations in this category. I mean, after all, the title is Beating the Fall and Winter Uglies. Beauty is a big part. So like I said at the beginning, I feel inspired by my own experience with fall uglies this week. I just feel like the weather plays a big part in it. Even though I don't love the summer, I can't deny as a dry skin girly, my skin loves the summer. I have wavy hair that's prone to frizziness. And when it's really, really, really humid, my hair doesn't look cute. And if I'm like sweating, my hair doesn't look cute. But I feel like my waves look really good in the summertime. 
I've got the tan. I feel glowy, mainly because I live in a really humid area. So I'm just like always hydrated and moisturized. But as a dry skin girl, I do struggle in the wintertime at times to feel as hot and sexy as sometimes I do in the summer. But that's a shame because I think there is more potential in the fall and winter to feel good, at least for me, because I hate sweating. Like if I feel sweaty, I feel gross and ugly and I never sweat in the fall and winter. So I really should feel hotter in the fall and winter, but I don't always, or at least I haven't been this week. I think for me, it really comes down to dryness, feeling staticky, and then dressing for the weather. So I want to get into the beauty section. For me, I think the key to feeling sexy and confident and beautiful in cold months, one of the foundational principles here, the most important part or one of the most important parts is really just being moisturized and staying hydrated. Like I have really dry skin and at times I have struggled with psoriasis. So far it's been pretty mild. I have had psoriasis flare-ups two times in my life and both times I've gone to a dermatologist pretty early and I've gotten medicated creams and it's calmed down. But I've also struggled with eczema at different times. Just like these dry dry skin and then dry skin on my face. I have sensitive skin. It's prone to rosacea. I live in an area with four very distinct seasons. So sometimes it gets very, very, very cold, very windy. My skin is chapped. My skin is flaking. My hands look like these scaly, decrepit claws. It's just like so bad. So being moisturized is like a full-time job in the fall and wintertime. If you're watching on YouTube right now, look at my skin. And yes, this is a fake tan, but look at my skin. It's glowing. It's glowing. So here is my routine. Staying moisturized starts in the shower. Exfoliate. Okay, please. I don't personally love body scrubs for exfoliation every time. I think they're okay, but I feel like I get a deeper exfoliation when I use a natural sponge. The African bath sponges are really good. Sometimes they're called African nets. You can get exfoliating gloves. Those are really good. Dry brushing, exfoliating mitts, natural loofahs. I have one of those right now. That's really good too. And I like those better at times than using a body scrub when I need a really deep exfoliation. A body scrub is good when you're not like super dry or just like as a general daily thing, but I think you need a manual, like physical exfoliating body scrubber to really get in there. It's also necessary to have a good exfoliating body scrubber for as part of your fake tan routine. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. So being moisturized starts in the shower. I want you to wait until you've been in the shower for a few minutes, maybe like while your conditioner is setting in because you want to give your your skin time to heat up in the water and get really soft. That's going to be like the best time to exfoliate. So get a hydrating or oil-based body wash. Lather it up with your glove, your sponge, your natural loofah, whatever. And do manual like circular motions, small circular motions all over your entire body. And get in there, okay? 
don't be afraid to press hard. Like get in there. It doesn't matter if your skin gets red. Like don't hurt yourself, obviously. But it doesn't matter if your skin gets a little bit red. We're going to immediately protect your skin by moisturizing it afterwards. So give yourself a good scrub and you're using like a hydrating body wash at this point. And then give your skin a little bit of time to rest. Maybe you rinse out your conditioner and then go in and shave. Shaving is also an exfoliator. If you don't like to shave, you can skip the step. But if you like to shave, this will also help exfoliate your skin. After you do that and you're feeling like very slippery and smooth, baby seal skin, if you're really dry, you can use an in-shower moisturizer. I know Jurgens makes one of these. It's a lotion or oil that is meant to be applied as soon as you turn the water off in the shower before you step out while your skin is still like soaking, dripping wet, and it helps lock in all of that hydration. So use an in-shower moisturizer or oil. After you get out of the shower, pat your skin dry. Don't rub because then you're going to rub off the product you just put on. Pat your skin dry. And then again, while your skin is still hot and like a little bit damp from being in the shower, use a body butter or body oil, not a regular lotion. Regular lotions are just simply not thick enough for the fall and winter time. Unless, I mean... I'm primarily speaking to dry skin girls right now, but I think this advice is applicable to pretty much everybody. A regular lotion is just probably not going to cut it. So use a body butter, a very thick body butter, or a body oil, or you could mix the two of them or layer them. If you're going to mix the two of them, I would do an oil first, probably. A great point here that will help you feel sexy and confident is smelling good obviously. A really great hack to making your fragrance last forever and to just help you smell good all the time is to layer body products within the same scent family or even in the same fragrance profile. So what I mean by that is if your body wash, your body butter, and your body oil, and then your perfume are all in the same fragrance family, you're just stacking and layering those fragrances at every single part of your body care routine. It's going to make your fragrance last so much longer. So a really easy example of this is I love the Sol de Janeiro Bum Bum Cream smell. It's a salted caramel, vanilla, and pistachio scent. It's gourmand. It's very sweet, very thick, like decadent, juicy, decadent, just like so sweet. I hate to phrase it like this because we don't do anything for the men, you know? Like we take care of ourselves and we invest in our beauty and our fashion and like looking good, feeling good because it makes us feel good. So I hate to describe it like this, but it's the type of smell that men love. You know what I mean? Like it smells like a sweet, it's a hot girl fragrance. Sol de Janeiro makes a body scrub, a body wash, body butter, and then hair and body mist all within the same scent. So if you were to use all of those, it's like every single part of you smells delicious. A lot of brands will make body care products in the same fragrance profile. Like it's pretty easy to find brands that have the same body wash, body butter, and then maybe like a mist. I know Fleur is another brand that does that. I have the Somebody Wood body wash and the Somebody Wood fragrance. I'm actually all out of the Somebody Wood body wash, but that's one. And then if you don't want to spend the money on an entire new body care line, completely valid, you can just get products that are in the same scent category. So maybe your body wash is lavender, your body butter is lavender, and then you use a lavender fragrance. They can be by different brands. You know, They don't have to be expensive, but just get products that are in the same flavor profile 
oh, you're going to smell so good. Another key to being hydrated and moisturized is hand cream. Hand cream, I feel like is overlooked. I don't know why hand cream is not more popular, why more people aren't talking about hand cream. My hands are the first thing to get dry in the winter because I'm washing them constantly. Like when I'm OCD, so I have to wash my hands like 50 times a day. But it's also cold and flu season. Like your immune system needs a little bit of a boost now anyway. You should be washing your hands really regularly. And the more you wash your hands, the drier they get. Like when you put water on your skin and then the water evaporates off your skin, it actually makes your skin more dry. It's the same concept as licking your lips. Licking your lips might make them feel better for a second, but it actually makes them drier because as the moisture evaporates off of your skin, it makes your skin drier. So use a hand cream religiously because hands are also a very visible part of your body. Like your hands are always out. If you're watching on YouTube right now, look, I forgot to fake tan my hands last night. And so look at the difference between my arm skin and my hand skin. I need to go. (laughs) It's actually so different. I need to fake tan my hands because this is crazy. But like your hands are very visible. I talk with my hands. You're constantly doing stuff with your hands. And if they're dry and flaky and red and just gross looking, first of all, it hurts. Dry skin hurts. Second of all, like it's just not, it's not a sexy vibe. So I keep a hand cream in a bunch of my purses on my bedside table and I keep a lotion next to the sink in the bathroom. So every time I wash my hands, I can just lotion up. I put on a very thick occlusive hand cream by Josie Moran. It's like an argan oil hand cream. And I do that right before I go to bed at night because then the really thick cream can soak into my skin all night long. Makes my hands feel so good. Neutrogena makes a really good one as well. But honestly, you could use a body butter if you don't want to buy another product, but just make sure you're moisturizing your hands a lot. Okay, this is also part of the skin category. And I've already talked about it, but a fake tan can do wonders for your confidence. Everybody can fake tan. No matter your skin tone, fake tanning, even if it doesn't change the actual tone of your skin, it makes you glowy. I have friends of all skin tones who like to fake tan. Some people because they want to change their skin tone. Some people because it just gives a glow. I feel like everybody can benefit from a fake tan. My favorite fake tan brand is Tanologist. You guys know that. It's pretty much the only fake tan brand I've used in almost two years. My routine is that I exfoliate. Okay, note. If you're going to be fake tanning, forget the shower routine I just talked about. That's for like your everyday routine. If you're going to be fake tanning, there's a different shower routine. So for the fake tan, exfoliate in the shower. If you are prone to visible pores, then I would skip shaving until after you fake tanned. If you are not prone to visible pores or like, uh, what is it called? when the follicles that your hair is growing out of just look darker than the rest of your skin. I don't know. I don't remember what that's called. If you're prone to that, fake tan can collect in a freshly shaved pore or follicle and it can like have little dark dots on your skin. If you're prone to that, I would skip shaving. If it's not a concern for you, then you can go ahead and shave after you exfoliate. But the key here is that you don't want to moisturize. If you have super, super, super dry skin and you just physically cannot skip the moisturizing. You can use a light lotion on the dry areas of your body. But the thing is, lotion acts as a barrier between your skin and the fake tan, and it's going to stop the fake tan from really setting and developing properly on your skin. So try not to moisturize. If you absolutely can't help it, you can use a light lotion. 
And if you have dry elbows, wrists, or knees, you can put a very light lotion on those as well because the skin on your elbows and knees tends to be thicker. And so that can also like cause a buildup of fake tan and make them look a little bit darker. But other than that, try not to moisturize. I like fake tan by Tanologist. I like their colorless formula the best. It's a four-hour tan and it has no guide color, like no bronzer in it whatsoever. And so it doesn't stain or like transfer because there's literally no color in it. I like that one. I do also like their tan that does have bronzer in it because it's a one-hour express tan. And sometimes that's just so convenient. But I will use a tanning mitt and a mousse apply in circular motions all over your body. If you have a problem with streaking, you can pat your skin, like don't rub, but pat your skin to distribute the product and get rid of all of the streaks. And then one of my favorite fake tan tips is blow dry your body on the cool setting of your hair dryer to set the tan and to stop it from being sticky. This is going to help ensure that when you get dressed after putting on the fake tan, you're not rubbing off all of the product that you just put on. So after you've blow dried your body on cool, I like to wear a matching sweat set after this. They're just easy. I have a sweat set that I only wear when I fake tan because I don't care if it gets stained. It's my designated fake tan outfit. So then I'll just throw my sweat set on and I usually leave my tan for like four hours. After you rinse it off, that's when you can go in with your body butters, your body oils, all of that. Also, like I said, when you rinse it off, that can be a time to shave afterwards. To do my face, I like to mix tanning drops with a facial moisturizer and then just apply, leave that on my face, and then tantor on top of that. Tantoring is when you use a fake tan mousse to contour your face with so that it adds extra tan and extra depth to the areas of your face where you would normally contour. This helps you get that I woke up like this look. It just helps you. It, oh my God, it makes your face look like you're wearing makeup when you're not wearing makeup. So I do this with a stippling brush, just like squeeze a couple pumps of the fake tan mousse onto a mitt, load up a stippling brush, and then stipple it onto your cheekbones, your forehead, your nose, like wherever you would put contour or bronzer. And that will just give you a really sun-kissed look. When you wash it off, your face will be tan because you use tanning drops, but then those areas of your face will be a little bit deeper. And it just looks amazing. It makes you feel so good. A tip I have for making your fake tan last longer is you can use a gradual tanning lotion on top of your fake tan once every day, every other day to help prolong the tan and make it last longer and even like deepen it over time. The key to making a fake tan last a long time is to exfoliate super well beforehand, like get all of your dead skin off beforehand and then keep your skin very hydrated so that your skin doesn't continue to flake off. You lose your fake tan when your skin dies and then flakes off. So if you can just keep your skin really hydrated and moisturized, it won't exfoliate by itself as quickly and your fake tan will last a lot longer. So that's my tanning routine. Something I like to do while my tan is developing, because you're already kind of committing to an ugly day when you fake tan or like an ugly evening. Like you already know you're going to be showering at the end of this. You don't fake tan if you have to be somewhere immediately, or at least I don't. Like I know some people do put on fake tan and then go about their day. I can't do that. So if I'm committing to a fake tan, I'm already committing to an ugly evening. So you might as well put a bunch of oil in your hair. <laughs> 
you might as well do a hair mask. You might as well do your hair oiling routine. And I've been really into hair oiling lately. I like to use a hair oil with rosemary in it for my scalp because that will help promote new hair growth. You can massage your scalp and then put the oil in your scalp and then continue to massage it to help the oil like really penetrate. And then I like to use an argan oil on the ends and then I braid my hair. I don't want to twist it or tie it really tightly when all the oil is in it. Just do like a loose protective style. And I leave that in for the entire time that I'm letting my fake tan develop. And then I'll just wash everything off. I'll wash off the fake tan. I'll, I'll shampoo and condition my hair. And this helps with your hair frizziness. It helps your hair not be as staticky in the fall and winter if that's something that you struggle with. And it also helps encourage new hair growth, longer hair growth. And it keeps the ends of your hair hydrated as well. The morning after you wake up from the fake tan and the hair oiling, you just walk around the world a little differently. You just feel like acting different. So those are all of my tips for the pre-makeup like skin hair prep that you can do to feel great, to beat the winter uglies. Next category is makeup within the beauty umbrella. Because I have dry skin, sometimes it's hard to get my makeup to look as good in the wintertime as it does in the summertime. Again, just like humid area. My skin really likes the humidity. Like I hate the humidity, but my skin likes the humidity. So my makeup routine changes. Let me know if I should do an entire dry skin makeup routine on my YouTube because I think I have some tips I could share. I've been dealing with dry skin like my whole life. So my makeup changes. First thing that changes is the prep stage, my skincare. I just tend to use more products. All of them promote a healthy moisture barrier. I love ceramides. I like niacinamide, hyaluronic acid, just ingredients that help hydration, hydration, hydration. If you are confused about the order with which to layer your skincare products, if you have a multi-step skincare routine, go from order of thinnest to thickest consistency. So for me, this means I start with a serum or a toner and then I'll go in, so like toner first, and then a serum, then moisturizer, and then always end in sunscreen. Yes, you have to wear SPF, even if it's fall or winter. Like the sun is still there. The UV index is still there. Never skip your SPF. Currently, I'm really loving the Peach and Lily Glass Skin Serum. I'm loving the Paula's Choice Barrier Repair Moisturizer, the Summer Fridays, what is it, like milk SPF? Mineral Milk SPF. It comes in like a pale yellow bottle. All of those products pair really well together and don't look bad under makeup for me. Obviously, tailor this to fit your specific skin needs. But the core principle here is just that good looking makeup has a lot to do with your base and your prep work. So don't be afraid to change your skincare routine in the winter because when I am wearing skincare products that make my skin look plump and glowy and hydrated, my makeup just always applies better over top of that. So prep is key. And then my next tip is to make sure you're using hydrating concealers and foundation. My favorite hydrating concealer is the one by Kosas. I think that's a very dry skin friendly concealer. I like to use my fingers a lot more when applying makeup in the cold seasons. I feel like it just keeps everything looking very natural. An issue that I run into with makeup is that when my skin is dry or when my application technique is off, it just looks very heavy and very cakey. Like dry skin can make your makeup look cakey. Using my fingers helps warm the products up, helps them blend in better. I think just gives it like a more natural finish. So hydrating concealer and foundation and then cream 
contour, bronzer, and blush. We just want to use powder very sparingly. Powder dries your makeup, dries your skin. So we just want to be sparing. If you don't love cream products or if you feel like your cream, bronzer, and blush have not looked good in the past, a cool tip I learned recently is to do your blush first and then your bronzer. This like changed the game for me. I was always running into this issue where I would do my cream bronzer first and then blush and I felt like the colors would run together and look very muddy. And then I just, I didn't like the look that that was creating. I actually have realized that if you do your blush first, you end up using less bronzer and then the colors stay more distinct and true. They don't mix together as much. So that's a little tip if you're using cream products. So use your cream bronzer, your cream blush. I only use powder under my eyes in the cold season. I don't want to use it anywhere else. It just dries my skin out way too much. I do go over my cream products with a powder bronzer and powder brush, but I use it very sparingly. I almost use the powder bronzer and blush to set the cream products instead of setting them with powder and then going in with powder, bronzer, and blush. So I'll just take my fluffy brush put it in my bronzer or my blush and I'll kind of stamp that over where I put the cream products instead of swirling it around my skin. I just feel like it helps me use less powder overall and it doesn't drag the makeup underneath of it. I just feel like it looks better. So use powder very sparingly. And then my next tip is to use either a hydrating setting spray or a hydrating facial mist, not even a makeup product, just a hydrating facial mist over top of your makeup which will help melt all of the powders that you did use into your skin. And it'll just make you look really glowy. I do like the Charlotte Tilbury setting spray. I'm not sure if that's a hydrating setting spray. I'm pretty sure Urban Decay makes a hydrating setting spray. I'm pretty sure NYX makes a hydrating one. And then as terms of a facial mist, CoverGirl makes like this rose water facial mist that I like. And then I also really like Kosas facial mist. I'm using the Kosas one today. I just feel like a mist over your makeup, it helps blend everything in, helps make your skin look juicy and hydrated and just gorgeous. And then I would last tip for makeup, I would recommend using a glossy lip because if you struggle with lip dryness in the winter, a lip gloss or just a very hydrated lip is going to camouflage that more than using any type of matte lip product. I am currently wearing Charlotte Tilbury's Iconic Nude Liner with Fenty Fussy. If you Google that, you'll see exactly which one it is. And just glossy lip. It's like the perfect glossy lip for me. And I love the way it looks. It looks so good. Okay. That was it for my beauty category. Now we're going to go into fashion. I'm going to say something that not a lot of you are going to like. Some of you are going to get mad at me for this. It being cold outside is not an excuse for not dressing cute. Okay. You can be warm and dress cute. And again, when you look good, you just tend to feel good. I love dressing down. I love being comfortable and casual. If I'm not actively leaving my house, I'm probably not wearing quote unquote real clothes. You know, like I get it, but I don't feel as good about it when I'm going outside of the house looking like that. I mean, I still do that all the time. Like I'm going to be real. I do that literally all the time, but you can still find ways to make yourself look pulled together, even if you're wearing sweatpants. And let me just encourage you to dress cute this fall and winter season because you can do it without sacrificing your warmth, okay? And I'm going to tell you how. Obviously, we know that layers are key, but a tip I learned recently that is actually so helpful 
is that you want your base layer to be skin tight. So we're talking like leggings and a tight top, but then you want your outer layers to actually be loose. And when I heard about this, it made so much sense because last winter I felt like I was layering a lot, but a lot of my layers were form fitted and I was still cold all the time. But I heard that if you have like some room between layers, your outer layer is a little bit more oversized. It allows the heat to circulate in between your layers of clothing and you actually end up feeling warmer. So I that blew my mind. I can't wait to implement that this winter and I wanted to share. So layers, of course, a really great thing is fleece-lined tights or fleece-lined leggings. If you haven't gotten a pair of these, I know they go viral every winter, but for a good reason, they really are amazing. You can get super cheap pairs off of Amazon. Fleece-lined tights are such a game changer. They are tights that when you wear them, it just looks like you're wearing a sheer tight over your bare legs, but they actually have flesh-colored fleece on the inside. And instead of it being a sheer tight, it's like a fully opaque legging lined with fleece, but from the outside, it looks like you're just wearing sheer tights. Game changer. Got to get yourself a pair of those. Also, when did long johns stop being a part of the annual wardrobe? I know if you're listening to this and you live in a very, very cold environment, you're probably thinking long johns never went out. I've been wearing thermal underwear forever. Virginia does have a cold winter, but it's not like a sub-zero cold winter or anything. And I feel like as an adult, I just haven't been wearing thermal underwear. I wore it as a kid because my mom made me and I hated it at the time. I thought long johns were like itchy and hot and scratchy. And now I'm an adult and I'm like, I need to bring the thermal underwear back. Why did I stop wearing that? It's actually amazing. That would be another one. I also would encourage you to make sure that your coats and your jackets are windproof materials. A lot of the times, I won't mind the temperature outside that much, but it's the wind that gets me. The wind will be the thing that makes me cold. I actually really like cold temperatures. I would say my perfect temperature is like fluctuating between 30 and 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I just love the way that that feels. I do not mind a 30 degree day. I actually really like it. But if it's windy, then I'm miserable. So my favorite tip would be vintage suede and vintage leather jackets. I get all of mine secondhand. If you have conflicting feelings about wearing or buying leather, if you get it secondhand, for me, that takes care of that issue. And also a well-made leather or suede product is going to last you your entire life. Like It's very durable and it's completely windproof, which helps make you so much warmer. My favorite jacket this fall is my John Ashford suede aviator jacket. I got it off of Depop. Been my most worn item. It's so warm. And it's not the thickest jacket ever, but it's suede. It's completely windproof. So I love that. I've also really been liking fleece jackets this season and last season. I really like the ones by Free People Movement. They just have really, really cute fleece prints and colors. I just love those with like some leggings, some really thick socks, some Uggs or boots. It's a cute, like it's cute. You look cute, but it's very low effort and it's very, very comfortable. So that's a really good one too. And then my favorite type of socks are merino wool. This was a mother thing for me. I wasn't hip to merino wool until my mom told me that that's what I needed to be wearing. She was 100% right. As always, merino wool is where it's at. Invest in a couple of pairs of really good, high quality merino wool socks. They're the warmest, warmest socks you'll ever put on your feet. Highly, highly recommend. Another thing I've been loving is cute hiking boots for everyday wear. Or not every day, but for, for not when you're hiking, for times when you're not hiking. 
Reason being, they just tend to be very weatherproof. I have this pair, oh God, what are they called? I'm not sure. They, I got them off the Free People site, but it was a different brand that Free People just happens to carry. They're like logger. I, I link them on my Instagram all the time, so I'm sorry. I, I will try to put it in the show notes, but they're these hiking boots, but they're just cute. They're just cute shoes. They're brown. They don't look like clunky. I don't know. They don't look like ugly hiking boots. They're just cute. And they're very weatherproof. They're mudproof, waterproof, and windproof. And they're very warm because of that. And that with a little merino wool sock and my feet are totally taken care of. I also like Doc Martens. Again, they're just a heavy, thick shoe. I always love my cowgirl boots. I wear cowboy boots, cowgirl boots year round. Tacovas makes my absolute favorite ones. They are such a high quality leather. And again, we're talking windproof materials. And any shoe that you don't mind getting wet, because I feel like in the winter or the fall, you have like cold rain and then you have slush and it's snowing and like you just have to make sure your shoes are weatherproof. My last fashion tip for beating fall and winter uglies is to have go-to outfit formulas that you can rely on that you know you will always feel pretty and confident and sexy in. I made a TikTok and an Instagram reel talking about outfit formulas a couple of weeks ago. And what I mean by that is just a combination of outfit pieces that you know always work for you. This is helpful when you don't have the motivation to put on an outfit and you're just not feeling getting dressed up. If you just have a formula that you know works, you know you feel good in, you can just throw it on. And again, it's low effort because you don't have to think about it. Some of my favorite outfit formulas... The first one is definitely more of a fall formula than a winter formula, but it's a mini skirt with tall boots and a long sleeve top. You can definitely add tights to this if you need a little bit of extra warmth, but I love it because the long sleeves and the tall boots help create more warmth and give you a little bit more coverage, but the mini skirt adds a fun silhouette to the outfit, keeps it flirty, and you're not sacrificing too much warmth because you have the tall boots covering a pretty large portion of your legs. So I love that one. I also really like the combo I'm wearing right now, actually, which is jeans, a bodysuit, and then a really oversized cardigan. I'm wearing it right now. I wear this all the time. Just a tight, double-lined bodysuit, jeans, and then a fluffy, thick, chunky knit or like fleecy, big cardigan. I love that. I'm wearing it right now. Great combo. And then my last thing that I just know I always love is a very long coat, like a mid-calf to floor-length coat or or knee-length. That's fine too. I think in the fall and winter, a key to looking cute is making sure your outerwear is cute, functional, but cute. So I would treat your outerwear as a quintessential part of your outfit, as an essential, because it is like If you're going out in the fall and winter, you might not want to take your coat off ever. So what's the point of wearing a cute outfit and then putting a coat you don't love on top of it? No point. I personally love a very long coat because it adds an extra layer around your entire body and it makes your whole body warmer. So long coats with long sleeves, long jeans, maybe a scarf on top. I just know I'm always going to feel good in that silhouette. Last category is wellness slash internal parts of beating the fall and winter uglies. You can be the sexiest, most beautiful person in the world 
And if your inside is ugly, that is going to show through, okay? We've all known someone who externally was drop-dead gorgeous but had the worst personality on planet Earth or just didn't take care of themselves or didn't work on themselves at all. And it kind of ruined the whole thing, okay? We've also all known people who have worked on themselves to the point where their inner peace and their inner happiness glows through their face. And I just think that adds like so much life to your whole look and your whole persona. So we cannot forget focusing on the internal. And I mean that in both a mental and a physical way. I think it's important to have specific fall and winter hobbies. And in last week's episode, five rules for hibernation, rule number two was your hibernation hobbies, cultivating hobbies that existed before the internet. I believe in this so heavily. You can listen to last week's episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. I don't want to reiterate too heavily because I did talk about it last week. But hobbies, hobbies are important. It is so powerful to spend time doing something for no reason other than it brings you pleasure and enjoyment and you like it. I think investing in yourself by investing in your hobbies, I'm not just talking like financially investing, investing your time into hobbies I I love I feel like you can tell when you've met a person who has a bunch of hobbies who prioritizes themselves and their pleasure to the point where they spend their hard-earned time, their precious time doing something that just makes them happy. I feel like it also makes people interesting when they have hobbies. I love talking to people about their hobbies. I love getting to know what makes a person happy when they're alone when you know they're not relying on anything else to make them interesting it's just something that they enjoy i love hobbies so find your hibernation hobbies and again you can listen to last week's episode it's rule number 2 if you want to hear more about that it's at times hard to be healthy in the fall and winter your immune system takes a big hit sometimes your routine falls by the wayside i was just very 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 ill for well over a week so it's a good time to get into supplements if you haven't already In an ideal world, I would get all the nutrients I need in life out of just my diet. But it's, you know what? That's not the reality I'm living in at the moment. That's not my current truth. So I do take a lot of supplements. Ones I would recommend for the fall and winter specifically are vitamin C, elderberry, zinc, and echinacea. Those are all going to help boost your immune system and help stave off illness and help you recover from illness faster. Vitamin C, elderberry, zinc, echinacea. These are great, just holistic pieces of nutrition, holistic practices that will help you maintain and strengthen your health in the fall and winter time. I also take hair growth supplements. I'm currently loving the ones by Nutrafol. But again, I attach self-worth to my hair. That's something I need to unpack. It's something I don't love about myself, but I do. And so I like prioritizing my hair health. So I do take a hair supplement. And then two other supplements I really like are milk thistle, fennel, also dandelion. These all help my digestion. Sometimes I have really bad bloating to the point where it's very physically uncomfortable and fennel, milk thistle, and dandelion all help that. And they're also just digestive aids. They help you digest very efficiently. And I feel like when your digestion is healthy, that has a really good effect on your skin as well. So I would recommend those supplements. I would also recommend slower mornings. I get that this is not realistic for everyone. When I was working my writing and editing job, I had to be on base at 7 a.m. And so oftentimes I was getting up at like 4.45 or 5 a.m. in the dead of winter in like 15 degree weather. 
And I was not going to get out of bed until the last possible second. Like if I had to leave the house at six o'clock, I was not going to get up until 545. But the times where I could make myself get up about 30 or 45 minutes earlier and just have a slow morning where I was able to work on like manifesting or just being awake without rushing to do something, it helped my well-being a lot in the wintertime. And again, I know that is not realistic for everyone. I know that I have the luxury of managing my own time now as a creator. So if this is not something that's super feasible for you, I also think prioritizing your sleep and rest is one of the best things you can do for yourself. So if for you, that means having a faster paced morning because it means you're getting more sleep. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But I do think having slower mornings, if that's possible for you, can be really, really helpful. I'm always going to recommend therapy. When it comes to internal wellness, therapy has completely changed my life, made me a better person, continues to help me evolve and grow and try to become a better person every single week. I actually just had therapy before recording this and I made this breakthrough. I had this kind of wild epiphany that I'd never thought about before in my session today. And I really can't wait to pick it back up in my session next week because yeah, I feel like I discovered something kind of new about myself today. Maybe one day I'll share that with you guys. I just think having a person you can go to that you can be 100% honest and vulnerable with, someone who is not connected to the people in your life whatsoever that you can either talk about life situations with or deep personal things with, someone who's not going to judge you, someone who you don't have to see in your everyday life. You don't have to feel awkward about being vulnerable with. It's so valuable. I feel like you can't talk about internal wellness without talking about therapy. And I would always recommend something that I'm going to do this year, this fall and winter to help my internal beauty, my internal wellness is I want to make handmade Christmas gifts. As I'm saying this out loud, I'm not a thousand percent sure of the connection between handmade Christmas gifts and beating the fall and winter uglies. But I think making handmade Christmas gifts is going to be something that is comforting and good for my soul, which in turn is a part of internal wellness. Does that make sense? not a thousand percent sure of the connection here. I just wanted to write it down and share it because I don't know, maybe it's just a very wholesome thing. Wholesome things are good for your internal wellness. Maybe that's it. I just think it's wholesome. I want to make handmade Christmas gifts for as many people as I can this year, which means I need to get started on that like ASAP because it's already November 9th when I'm recording this. And then another part of your internal wellness is moving your body. That can be so hard to do in the winter time. Ah, so hard to do. But I just know for myself, when I'm not prioritizing exercise, I just don't feel as good. Like, I really don't. And that by itself is a good enough reason to exercise for me. I love long walks. I really like strength training. But I think just find what works for you. I have a friend who really likes hot yoga because when it's freezing in the wintertime, she loves to go to this heated room and do a workout because it just warms her up to the inside, you know? So I think just find something that works for you, some form of movement that you can get excited about that you don't hate that you even look forward to. It really cannot be said enough how good healthy exercise is for your mental health. I hate that it's true. It's one of those things that you don't want to be true, but it is. Exercise is really good for your mental health, which in turn can really positively affect your outlook and your worldview. And I can't talk about internal wellness without talking about the importance of exercise. Okay, guys, that was all of my tips for beating the fall and winter uglies. I feel like we covered a lot here. I feel like we got a lot of things 
checked off the list today. I hope that this was helpful. I hope you learned something new or got a new tip or recommendation out of this episode. And I'm wishing everybody luck on their journey this year. I want everyone to feel like the sexiest, hottest, most confident version of themselves this fall and winter. And, you know, sometimes we have to work on that. Like I have to work on that, but I think we can do it. I'm encouraging everyone. We're in this together. I'm rooting for you. Good luck. And I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. As always, if you're enjoying prologues, it would help the show out so much if you gave it a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to email the podcast or submit a question for an upcoming advice segment episode, you can email theprologuespodcast at gmail.com. If you're interested in learning more about when the merchandise restock is going to be, I will likely be posting updates on my Instagram, which is always linked in the show notes. Uh, And I think that is it. I think that's my weekly spiel. Okay. I love you guys. Have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.